2: Our topic today is a man as a family caregiver for an all-male family. Information from the US and Canadian censuses suggests that in North America right now there may be as many as 700,000 same-sex partner households and that there are children living in 27% or more of those households. Now, most children of same-sex couples are biological children of one of the parents, but the number of children who are adopted is actually growing. Most research studies show that children with two moms or two dads fare just as well as children with heterosexual parents. And, of course, the same challenges that face heterosexual parents also face same-sex parents, including challenges of time, of money, and of the responsibilities of parenthood. But information is sparse, lacking, about the challenges for same-sex marriages and their adopted children, especially when one marriage partner develops an illness serious enough to take the partner out of the workplace when this partner that's been taken out of the workforce is self-employed and when the other partner, who is also self-employed, finds his role as family caregiver extending to his marriage partner in the all-male family. And this is why our topic, a man as a family caregiver for an all-male family, is so important for family caregivers and their family members. Now, To discuss it, our guest is Yo Mustafa. Yo was born in Cyprus in 1960. He immigrated to Canada in 1971. He graduated from Sheridan College, that's um, near Toronto, from the acting program. He's been in a same-sex marriage for 25 years. And in 2004, he and his husband Paul adopted three boys whom they love very much. Yo has dedicated his life for the past ten years to bring these boys up. He calls them, they both call them, amazing young men. Yo has a professional theatre company called Galahad Theatre Productions. This does one show a year at the Living Arts Centre in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. And Yo is an actor, a director, and a teacher of theatre. He's been teaching with West. W.E.S.T., which stands for West End Studio Theatre, since the early 1980s. So, welcome to the show, yo.
3: Thank you very much. Thank you for Great. having
2: me. You're very welcome. Now, first question for you. Please tell us more about your life and your career in the theatre.
3: Um, I've, I've started doing theatre at a very young age in Cyprus um, as um, as a, a wonderful recreation um, for self-confidence. My aunts were involved in dance and drama, and it was almost um, fish to water. I just loved doing it. And when we immigrated to Canada in 1971, um, there was no language barrier with theater. Um, And I was lucky enough that my grade six teacher had discovered this. And um, I used um, drama as a therapy. This is way before people start to realize that you could use drama as a therapy. And um, so I started doing theater um, at a very young age. Even though I didn't speak any English, I, I, you know, I was the cow in Jack and the Beanstalk. So that was I didn't have to speak anything. <laughs> so um, it was a way of finding myself. The theater was a very, very good vehicle for me to find myself because it was a complete and utter lifestyle change, a, a culture shock. And um, so I used theater um, as for self-confidence and to, to find myself. And then I loved it so much that um, I continued doing it in high school. And then I went to Sheridan College um, for the performing arts, then graduated. And I've been doing, uh, I've done some master classes with Uta Hagen, and HB Studios, and um, then I discovered that I love teaching it also. Um, and I really believe that that whole adage about if you cannot do, you teach is, is, is wrong because I've had <laughs> yes. many, many great teachers who influence me. And that is one part of teaching that I love is that you never know when a student walks through the doors what, how they're going to change and what you can do to that one student and what happens to them once they get their self-confidence and they realize a place where they can belong. Because I, I know I lived it. I know how effective it is. So I've been teaching with right. West Density Theater in Oakville, and um, I've been teaching now uh, for 34 years. It was my first um, summer drama, summer, summer job. And I've been teaching ever since. And I love right. it. I love it.
2: Yo, I'm only going to only interrupting you because I have a couple more questions for you. Sure. And as you know very well in theater, we experience the tyranny of time. Yes. So I'm going to ask you the next question. Sure. Now, pl- please tell us about your partner, Paul's life and career.
3: Yo? Paul's, Paul's life was completely different than mine. I mean, I grew up in a very family-oriented, very European, close-knit family Paul grew up in a, in a, a very sort of typical, I shouldn't say typical, but um, he's, he was born in Canada. Um, his birth mom was a schizophrenic, um, so they had a really, really tough time. Paul's father had to work five jobs just to make ends meet. Um, and Paul is an amazing person because through this, um, when we met, um, he decided to go back go to school he went to uh, university of toronto and then to york university to osgood hall to become a lawyer because he wanted when the, from the first time we met we knew that we wanted a family and in order for this to happen he had to have a job that he could rely on so he always wanted to become a lawyer so he went to school and became a lawyer and he is a family law lawyer he's been practicing for the last 10 12 years yeah.
2: Now, I'm going to be asking you more about Paul's life and the things that have been happening to him, yes. but I want to go back to you now. Yes. Please tell us about your family and your family life. What I'm talking about, asking you about, is you and Paul are together. You have the three boys. You have yes. a family life. Correct. Please tell us about that.
3: Yeah? Um, Ten years ago, uh, Paul and I decided to adopt. Um, we started the process with our home study, um, getting, um, we hired a private practitioner, um, and we did our home study, and we were approved to adopt. All my intention was to adopt only one child, and the more we thought about it, the more we thought, because it's a very lengthy process, we asked our practitioner if it's possible for us to apply to adopt two and um, we were very fortunate that we saw the profiles of these three boys um, way back in 2003. There was, um, there was a, a, a convention, a convention or, or lack of better words, called Adoption Resource Exchange, which um, it displays these um, sort of difficult, um, quote-unquote, difficult children to, to place in homes. And all that is is that the kids are older and they have siblings, and most of the people are not up to adopting multiple kids. And when we came back from the ARE, the Adoption Resource Exchange, we emailed our uh, practitioner and we said, we saw these three boys. And she wrote, how did it go from one to three? And then she finished her email to us by, with a big exclamation mark saying, miracles do happen. And when we got the email, Well, after we finished our home study, uh, the boys were still up for adoption because um, there's three boys and twins, um, twins and their older brother, uh, who is biracial. And believe it or not, um, biracial kids um, are not adopted. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do know why this is. Uh, Michael was also older, and we didn't want to split up the boys because the CAS was talking about splitting them up so the twins would go to one home and Michael go to a different home. And um, this was heartbreaking to us. So when we saw the boys, um, we said, there's absolutely no way that we are going to separate these boys. And so we adopted all three of them at the same time. Ignorance is bliss. (laughs) Um, But we love every single minute of it. Um, They have turned out to be amazing young men. Uh, and very, very proud of them. So it was 10 years ago. Uh, we had we had our 10-year anniversary this past July 2004, and uh, we love the boys very much.
2: Now, I'm going to ask you something additional about Paul. Yes. Um, something happened in his life yes. which has affected you all. Please tell us whatever you're comfortable telling us about what
3: happened to Paul in oh, his life. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Paul started feeling um, very fatigued in December of two thousand and thirteen, uh, feeling very fatigued but um, and loss of concentration and We thought that it was because of the lengthy winter we had here in Canada, and he didn 't think much of it January February rolled along, and things got worse um, where he didn't he couldn 't go to work he was so tired he couldn 't go to work. He would go and, you know, do his court thing. There was a court case. He would appear with his clients, but he would feel very, very fatigued, and he would come home. And um, so this continued, and the doctors thought that it was um, just um, a flu, and he got some antibiotics, and he felt better, and then it came back again. And it continued on till he did some blood work, um, and the doctors discovered that, uh, Paul was suffering from uh, a fatty liver disease, and uh, we had a friend who who had um, was seeing a naturopath. Uh, she survived breast cancer, and she suggested for Paul to go see this doctor and The doctor said, "Yes, it is a fatty liver disease. Here are some um, herb pills, um, and please take these and come back and see me in two weeks." When Paul went back in two weeks the, the, uh, the naturopath said to Paul "He says, have you noticed that the left side of your um, nerve face that there's nerve damage and Paul said I've noticed that and the doctor suggested for Paul to go and get a um, CAT scan right away and when they did the CAT scan they discovered um, he had a, a mass by the pituitary gland and this completely turned our world upside down. Right. Um, I'm I'm
2: only going to stop you because we have to take the break. I'm going to carry on with that story and it evolves into the theme of this of this particular episode, so right. as I always say, this is where we have to pay the rent. Okay. So we'll take the short break. I will. This Thank is Dr. <laughs> this is Dr. Gordon and My guest is Yo Mustafa. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels, CJMP ninety point one FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back.
1: Ah, a nice glass of wine is very refreshing after the end of a long day. But have you ever considered the story behind the wine? Tune in to Bacchus & Beery Wine Radio. With your hosts, Roger and Donna Beery. You'll meet some of the people behind the world's wineries, travel the wine country, and learn more about that glass that you're enjoying. Roger and Donna will also give would be vintners a behind the scenes look at starting a winery. Bacchus and Beery Wine Radio airs live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time
0: on Voice America Variety. Adoption changes a family forever. For the adopters as well as the adoptees, there are many adjustments that need to be made from lifestyle to financial and the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Variety.
1: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Yo Mustafa. Our topic is a man as a family caregiver for an all male family. Now now yo I want you to talk about the challenges that have arisen for your partner Paul your family caregiving, and your all-male family since the development of Paul's illness. So here's the question. Please tell us about the illness or more about the illness that Paul has developed and describe the most challenging of the challenges that the illness has created for him, that is for Paul.
3: Yeah? Yes. Um, so the illness, um, they discovered that my, uh, Paul has a um, a tumor near the pituitary gland and very much close to the uh, the eye cavity. And so um, this was absolutely shocking um, because when you hear of a tumor anywhere near the head, you, you go to very, very dark places. Uh, we have discovered um, through the doctors that this mass in Paul's head is, yes, it is there, but... Um, Right now, as far as we know, it is not um, malignant, which is a very, very good thing. Uh, but Paul also, um, because of this illness, um, and of course after they find out that this is the reason why this is happening, um, Paul fell very behind in his work, um, and he was, he's forced to um, take a sabbatical because um, he is a, a liability um, in a way, um, and he needs to step back and get rid of the stress, and that means that, therefore, his law practice had to close, and um, and he will he will hopefully will go back to it, and of course, um, what happens is that this is completely shocking to the whole family. The boys had a very difficult time because they hear. Um, About brain tumors and um, all kinds of things and it was very very stressful for the boys Um, the questions were is is you know is dad going to die what is going to happen Um, and Paul has lost confidence because of this he's um, you know he's always been the breadwinner and uh, and now he really is not working so there it does a lot of um, damage to one's confidence and Paul also um, suffers from depression which which of course is adding on to the um, adding on to this the tumor and all kinds of um, Ill, all kinds of um, sort of synopsis that occurs because he 's not strong enough and and confident enough so it's it 's perpetrating everything is like a vicious circle. Um, so we are now dealing with 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 also the depression, and uh, and you know we'll get hopefully more news regarding his um, uh, regarding his tumor, and uh, hope things will work out for the best. Right.
2: Now on that point, I come to you. I want please to ask you to tell us what the most challenging of the challenges um, that Paul's illness. Has created for you in your role as family caregiver. I've kind of assigned that role to you, Yo. Yes. Um, well, I want
3: I, I really to know am. what
2: the challenges are. I really, yep.
3: I mean, I really, you do become a caregiver, um, you know, father, husband, caregiver, part time psychologist, all around cheerleader. Um, it's very, the, the challenges for me is to be. Um, and I'm not doing a very good job with it, and I'm very honest about it. I find it um, always very difficult to remain up and always energetic and, and always, um, you know, being, being um, optimistic. And not up, that's the wrong word. I am optimistic. I really feel that once we cure this depression, um, things will go back to normal, whatever normal may be. Things will get better. But I'm finding it very, very difficult to be um, all around Cheerleader because sometimes I do have bad days. I, I do have bad days myself, but I cannot let that show because as soon as I show that I'm having a bad day, then Paul takes offense, thinking, well, this is my fault, this is the reason why you're in a bad mood, and this is the reason why the boys are in a bad mood, because you're in a bad mood. And that, to me, is a very, very um, difficult thing to deal with. I would even say more than the financial strain that our family is experiencing right now that being um, the the the, 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 um, the the definition of caregiver is I'm challenged with it every single day. Um, and thank goodness for theater that I'm away from. I'm directing a comedy right now so that I'm away from the house and I could laugh and enjoy and then have to go back. It's almost like I refuel myself and go back and deal with the challenges at home. But to me, that is probably the... Uh, the most challenging um, challenge uh, w- regarding this regarding this illness is to be right. the, the complete and utter cheerleader all the time, and it, it, yeah. and it and it really really weighs on you.
2: Yes. Now I'm going to change to it's the same question, but the context is different. I want you to tell us what the most challenging of the challenges are that Paul's illness has created for all of you, in your family, all together. You've mentioned
3: some of them, but please go into more detail. I yeah? uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I think the um, well, keep, keeping keeping together um, has been very difficult. You know, the um, uh, sort of the. Uh, the togetherness of the family is suffering because of it. Um, Paul gets tired, and so he's not around, and so the kids feel, oh my goodness, that is not feeling well. What is going on with the tumor? Everything is evolves around this, and um, that's that's difficult. But also the, I think the most difficult uh, for us right now because we do have a home, and we have three boys, um, and they have to eat. <laughs> um, Right now, the biggest challenge for us is the financial strain where um, the bills do not stop because, you know, you're having a crisis. The bills do not stop because you have an illness. The bills are coming in, and they have to be paid, um, you know, um, where you, you're used to a certain amount of dollars at the end of the month, and, and it was comfortable. Uh, now that um, salary has dropped um, I would say, My goodness, the quarter of what Paul used to make, so we are now having to pay the bills, get the groceries, and um with with what we have, but one has to uh, but what 's the alternative? The alternative could have been a death sentence on my husband i 'd rather go through this because it 's only money i 'd rather go through this, um you know We've asked friends to help out. We've, we've um, friends have been helping out, um, which is amazing. Um, I'd rather be, you know, in this situation, um, begging for money than um, losing my husband. Um, the alternative is not is not great, uh, and there comes a point uh, where you have to swallow your pride and say, "Listen, I need help. I need financial help. Could you please lend me?" money to pay the mortgage this month. Could you please lend me money to get groceries this month? Um, so those are, that, that I would say probably that has been the biggest um, challenge for us all to deal with and for the boys to understand. And they do understand. They're not selfish kids. They completely understand that we have to be far more careful. We have to budget. Um, and so, we're learning. We're learning how to do that. We're learning to deal with, you know, surviving on $360 every two weeks, you know, um, $700 a month instead of, you know, sort of surviving on, you know, five dollars $6,000 a month. Now we're, you know, down to $700 a month. And so that is, that is the biggest, I think, challenge for the family um, altogether.
2: Let me ask you a very different question, and that's this. Sure. All of you, do you point me to the things that bring you some happiness and satisfaction? All of you. Oh my what goodness. are the the moments when the sun shines for you?
3: Every day. Every day I wake up and I see, and this is going to sound really, really, really sappy, but um, every day I see my family's face, um, I see the boys. I see Paul. I see you know the normality in our lives. Um, that uh, you have to go on. You have to go on. You cannot be following uh, following in the negative. You have to move on. Um, I love it when Paul has a great day. I love it when twins come home from school and they're talking about their classes. The conversation, the the business of the household, what it used to be, when I see a glimpse of that, that makes me very, very happy. I know that everybody has a story, Um, and my story is this. I'm having a real difficult time. The last five months have been very, very difficult, but I know that this is going to end. This isn't... um, this isn 't full time. I know that we will clear this. There will be a light beyond you know the darkness, and I have to stay positive. I have to stay positive and I am thankful for my friends and family and most importantly, I am thankful for for paul and and our boys because we have to we have to go on for each other i cannot I cannot sit back and and say, oh my goodness, I'm having a bad day or, or this is a negative situation. Everybody has to suffer. I, I I can't. I have to be positive. I have to be positive.
2: When you're smiling under the circumstances you've just described, the things that you see that bring hope, joy to your heart, do your the rest of your family smile back
3: at you? Absolutely. 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 Um, Um, I am now the mirror of the family. Um, When I'm up and when I am cheerful and when I'm telling jokes, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And like I said, there are times when I don't feel like doing that, and I know it's a horrible, horrible thing, but I need that five minutes to myself that I do need to be in my room to wind down from the, the strains and stress of the day. But I know that as soon as I am up and as soon as I'm happy and I'm laughing and I'm joking, it completely changes the mood of the household. And I have to find more opportunities to do that. I have to find it really does lie on my shoulders that when I'm that way and then my family smiles back at me and we joke and we talk about our days and we talk about their friends and our friends and watch shows together, um, sitting and watching their favorite comedy together with them in the family room, to me is completely priceless. I cannot, I cannot trade that for anything. And those are the days that I know what Paul and I are doing is, is right.
2: Right. Now, at that point, we're going to take the break once more. This is Dr. Gordon Everly, and My guest is Yo Mustafa. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We will be back.
5: and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business.
1: Museums are great places to work and wonderful places to visit. But are they essential? How can we improve our museum practice so that museums remain vital and essential players in society? Listen for Museum Life with host Carol Bossert, where each week we'll discuss timely and topical issues of concern to the museum community. Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Fireball. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety.
1: are Listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Doctor Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Yo Mustafa. Our topic is a man as a family caregiver for an all-male family. Yo, you've just been describing to us how you are the support for your family and your family is the support for you. You've yeah. said that there are times when you need a rest and that you've needed support from outside of the family. Let's put it this way. Yes. So I'm going to ask you about the supports. Now first of all, what supports does Paul need for the most challenging of the challenges that the illness created for him and how successful has he been in obtaining these
3: supports? Yo? Um, I think um, uh, understanding um, is one of the key things about depression. Um, people dismiss it very, very quickly. But depression is very, very real. I'm, I'm living with it. Um, I have to be careful when Paul is in a dark place and he's feeling really, really low. I have to, I have to be careful what I say and how I say it, because um, Paul is very quick to blame himself for the situation that we're in. And I do have to remind him that I am not mad at him or i'm not disappointed in him. I am mad and disappointed in the problem and the situation that we 're in. It is not his fault, and he is now beginning to trust um, the doctors uh, when we when we first were told about the tumor. Uh, the neurosurgeon told Paul that she was not concerned with the problem and that the pro- that with the tumor and that his fatigue and his um, lack of concentration and memory loss was due to something else, and that the tumor was a red herring for all these symptoms. I was elated. I was flying. I was like, woohoo, let's have a party. Let's do this. Paul did not believe it, and now he's coming around. You know, the other day he told me, I do trust the doctors. I, I do trust the doctors, and I believe that um, I believe what they're saying. So I think for Paul, he has to believe this. He has to believe. He has to be positive about this whole thing. And there are, there are he's getting help. I mean, he, he's the one that suggested to see a doctor um, last Thursday, and he wanted to get um, antidepressants which he's realized that it is a big part of the picture right now. So um, Paul needs to be positive, and um, he needs to believe in himself. He, he needs to believe in himself, that this is a passing thing, and we will get through it, and more importantly, he will get through it. And so that's what I think that for him... Um, that's what he needs to do, and he's, been, he's getting better at it. I think he's, his attitude has completely changed. Um, I didn't want him to know that the, the tumor was a death sentence. Um, it's not the end. Of course, when you first hear it, it is a horrible thing to hear, but, you know, it's October, we're October 6th. You know, this was um, diagnosed way back in June, and he needs to believe that we will be good, he will be good, and, and things will be better. And so that's, I think that's Paul's um, challenge, and, and he, needs to, he needs to believe in himself. He needs to be very, very positive about it.
2: And it's right to say, from what you've just said, that the external supports, like the doctors that he's been to see, and those kinds of people and things, are yeah.
3: helpful to him Absolutely. in building his confidence. Absolutely. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. But, you know, I mean, the doctors have been great. He just has to believe it. He just has yes. to believe the doctors that um, I mean, you know, these, this this is their job. This is the neurosurgeon's job. This is what they do, and they've told you not to be concerned with the tumor right now. We'll monitor it and we'll see what happens. So take it and run with it. Don't um, go back. So now he's finding ways of he's finding ways of looking ahead, which makes it which makes it so good um, for his health because he's thinking positive.
2: Right. Now, I'm going to ask you about the supports. You're Paul's family caregiver. Mm-hmm. What are the supports that you need for the most challenging of the challenges you've talked about? And how successful have you been in obtaining these supports? And I'm always talking now about supports external to your immediate family.
3: Right. Yeah? I, um, As I said before, Paul and I are very, very um, lucky to have an amazing, amazing friends. Um, also, because of the teaching I do at the studio, I have I have come across a lot of amazing people, and and I am not afraid to talk about it. I am, I'm I'm am I'm a type of person that if I have something to say, I will say it. And sometimes if it's negative, it's negative. Uh, but there's support for me. It's amazing uh, what some of the parents have done at the studio when they heard about what was happening. They came to the studio with groceries, with food, with money, um, telephone calls. We're thinking of you, our prayers, anything you need, please give us a call. Just the fact that they're there for me to go and talk to, or the fact that they take the time to come to the studio to talk to me, that is community. And I... This is what I believe. I believe um, with both West End Studio Theater, which is a semi-professional theater company I teach at, and the the professional Galahad Theater Productions, I want to create a community. I want to create uh, people that come together and create and in a positive environment. And the parents feel this, and this is the reason why it's payback time. As a matter of fact, one of the letters that came to the mailbox was saying, you have made a huge difference in our daughter's lives. It's payback time. We are doing this for you because the community that you have built in Oakville, we are giving back. That is ultimate for me. That is fantastic. And so my support is that. And and that's my support. And I'm talking and and... I talk to people. I um, tell them how, actually how I feel, and I get a great... It's, it's it's a nice therapeutic way of dealing with it. So if I'm having a bad day... Sometimes if I'm having a bad day, I cannot talk to Paul because I don't want to put him in a bad mood. So my friends are the people that I go to. And so friends and, and community has been absolutely amazing. Amazing people.
2: Caring community. Yes. Right. Now... I'm asking you, and it's exa- exactly the same question, but I'm going to narrow it down a little bit. The supports that you all as a family need for the challenges that you talked about um, and how successful you've been in obtaining these. What you actually said yeah, was that money is a challenge. Yes. How successful have you been in meeting that challenge? Um,
3: I would say 100%. 100%. What about the supports? hundred percent um last week um we i phoned a friend and i said listen we have this bill that came up we just finished paying some bills and we need x amount of dollars there was absolutely no hesitation he came to the studio and brought me the money and said you take this and you pay me whenever you can um it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing that all we have to do is ask. And there are a few people that have certainly walked away from this. I don't know whether they don't know how to handle the situation or they don't want to be bothered. But I would say 98% of the people that we have asked for money support, uh, monetary support, and in and, and paying bills, it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. The the amount of people who even phone and say, "Listen, you know, you need to let me know because I don't want to come and ask you. You need to let me know if you need cash for anything. You let me know, and it's yours. So it's been it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. This is this is the most challenging. Is to, um, you know, unfortunately when you fall behind in bills. It adds to the depression. It adds to the whole stress of everyday living. So this is a huge thing for our friends to do. It is a huge thing for them to say, here is, you know, $500. Here's $2,000. Here's $1,000. Pay me whenever you can. It's a huge, it's a huge um, relief. So I'm grateful for that. Again, it's the community. It's the friends that we have made over the years. And it feels really, really good that there is support out there. And that's why I don't feel stressed. I don't feel – because I know that if push comes to shove, I could phone a friend and say, I need to borrow $500. And there's absolutely no question. It is done. So I don't stress about it. My main thing is for for Paul to get better.
2: Right. Now, this is a quick one.
3: Okay. You mentioned
2: earlier on that theater – is now recognized as a form of therapy. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me from what you're saying that theater is also a means of building a caring community.
3: Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I did a workshop today for, for um for a business and the whole the background to the workshop was about communication and collaboration, cooperation. And Theater is the ultimate team sport. Um, We need everyone. You know, we need everyone in the theater in order for the actors to get on stage and and deserve the applause. There are so many things that need to happen. There is costumes. There is props. There is lighting. There is sets. There is ushers, producers, directors, designers of all sorts. And it is completely a collaborative thing. And... I give as a person, as a director, as someone, a teacher, I give without borders. I give without questioning anyone. If somebody in the studio wants to come and take acting classes and they can't afford it, that is absolutely not a problem to me. I'm, uh, as a matter of fact, that, is, that has been a very difficult thing to, to, to deal with. Um, at first, I'm, I was like, now I'm the one that needs this. And I wonder who's going to do it. Boy, I was happy to find that there's, there's a lot of people who played forward. And it's nice that um, people take that caring and treasure it. Right. And it does build an amazing community. It does build an amazing community because we're all getting together for one thing and one thing only to put on a successful show. And we yeah. all work together to put the successful show together.
2: Now – unfortunately we have to take the break again so we're going to do that now this is Dr. Gordon Adderley my guest is Yo Mustafa you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and SharingTheBurden.ca please stay with us we're coming back
4: Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business.
5: Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network
1: ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show, Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
2: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Yo Mustafa. Our topic is a man as a family caregiver for an all-male family. Yo, let's talk about what more you would you would like to do and see done to improve support needed by people like your partner, Paul, and you and your family as a whole. So, first off, yeah, what more would you like to do to improve support for self-employed professionals like Paul, when one of them develops a serious illness that
3: prevents them from working? Yeah, Yo? um, you know, it, the the support um, the support that we have we have received from um, family and friends and you know financial whatever. I wish that there was there were more support for. Um, more disability for the people that have their own businesses. I know that uh, there are some businesses that can buy um, the insurance, they can buy, uh, but not all businesses can afford it. I wish that this was a this was part of the um, this was part of the plan, so that when someone is this ill, that the burden of begging or borrowing money was diminished because there would be support, there would be government support for it and i wish that there was that in place and um that's what i would like to happen um now it is it is an area that um i'm uh, that i'm not very clear about that um you know where the where the help is and how do you go about getting the help um but as far as i know as far as i know it's not as clear and it's not as um obvious as it should be um because when you're dealing with illnesses, when you're dealing with, um, you know, paying bills and, and the last thing you want to be doing is creating more stress for yourself. And I wish that this was some part of this, that this was, um, you know, okay, you're, you know, your partner is sick and is ill and, and the, law, the the practice is going to be closed. Here is the numbers, here is the support, and you will get the support by X date. And we don't have that. Right. We don't have now. That
2: that leads me directly to my next question: Who would you like to see involved in doing the kind of things you've just been talking about, by way of improving support for families in which both partners are self-employed and one of them develops a serious illness? Um, You, who should take on this
3: obligation? Oh my goodness! Um, I hate to pass everything on to you know the, the the powers be. But I think that this should be something that it should, it should be a, a, a federal problem. I don't think it's a provincial problem. I think this should be a federal problem. Um, it's amazing how um, there's a lot of encouragement to everyone, small businesses, and, and open your own business and we'll help you do this, we'll help you do that. But there, but the other part of it is that um, there is no help. There is no understanding. Um, I mean, when when we fall behind in in bills, there is no support. There is no understanding. You know, you cannot pay your mortgage for two months, and we have a lien against your house. It doesn't matter whatever the illness is. There is no support for this. So it needs to be, I think, from all the way from the top. I think this is a federal problem, and, you know, this is something that probably – I'm talking about something that I don't know about, but right now when I'm in this situation, this is how I feel. It should, be, it should be a priority to help people like us who don't have, you know, roaring business, and we don't have offices everywhere. It's a small law practice. I have a theater company. I'm not bringing in, you know, tens and thousands and millions of dollars. There is no support for us. There is absolutely no support for us. This is what I would like to see happen. It should be a given. I think it should be a given that you have a small business. There should, be, there should be laws put into place saying, if this happens, you will get this support. If this happens, you will have this support without having to worry about it.
2: Would you no. go so far as to say that that's actually a good investment? Because, yo, forgive me for saying this, but if your family breaks apart because you can no longer survive financially then the cost continues. It just falls on somebody else or the public health care system or the social system or whatever. Absolutely. So, So you're prepared to say this would be a good investment?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the biggest fear. When I heard about that Paul had an emergency MRI at Guelph Hospital, the first thing that came to my mind was this is serious. And we have to find a place to live because if he cannot work and he has to be operated on and he's going to be in the hospital for six to eight weeks, it doesn't matter for how long. There is absolutely no way that myself as an actor, director, teacher would be able to carry this family, the mortgage and all the bills on my shoulder. It is a very scary thought that we can lose our home. Because there's no understanding. There is no understanding that we cannot pay our mortgage because of these reasons. And frankly, the banks don't care. Now, I may be speaking out of turn here, but frankly, they don't care. They will give you a letter and say, we are suing you. You either pay the X amount of dollars or we're going to evict you in 21 days. Yes. yep. Yo, I'm only
2: going to stop you there because unfortunately we're running out of time. Yeah. And there's another question I really do want to ask you, and it's: sure. this. What's your message for family caregivers in all male families who've recently learned that one of them is no longer able to work because of serious illness? What's your message, Yo?
3: Enjoy the good days and oh. savor them because they will get you going. I'm going to cry now. But it is so important to hold on to those bright sunny days and and days that you laugh and and you're a family again. You have to hold on to them because that will be the fuel that you need to go on, that will feed the engine to move on. Is
2: that coupled with keeping strong and looking after yourself as well?
3: You need to be strong, you need to look after yourself, and you need to eat Because when we are upset and we are in a low, low place, the diet and and exercise, both physical and mental exercise, fades away and things get really, really bad. So it is very important to laugh, enjoy, and eat and exercise and just continue on. Continue on as as normal as possible because in the end, that is what is going to um, strengthen the foundation of of the family. You cannot let it eat away at the foundation. If you start getting weak yourself, falling ill, falling sick and and feeling um, negative, it will eat away at the foundation of what you have. And my family is way too important for me to start feeling negative and start being selfish.
2: Right you now. have to be I'm g- strong go- only going to stop you because we're running out of time but I want to say yo, know, thank you and thank you for sharing so openly with us your experiences, your insights and your advice and to you, to Paul and to the three boys all success to you in you. everything you do and thank you so much I want to help you get the word out because there are others like you. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. With Family Caregivers Unite, this is something new. We're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research to find out what you Our listeners think about important topics such as the one we've just been listening to. Please email me to hear more or to get involved. Our next episode will be misgivings about the quality of medical research. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then.
1: Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley.